Welcome to the Convivial Society, a newsletter about technology and culture, broadly speaking. This time around, I'm doing something that I haven't done before. I'm sharing a bit of something that I wrote almost seven years ago. For the backstory, listen on. Be warned, though, the heart of this post is a list of 41 questions. For that reason, I almost opted not to record an audio version, thinking that this really wasn't the best way to take in this material. But I decided to go ahead and record. I'll read deliberately, and of course, you can always hit the pause button as needed. The Questions Concerning Technology A few days ago, a handful of similar stories or anecdotes about technology came to my attention. While they came from different sectors and were of varying degrees of seriousness, they shared a common characteristic. In each case, there was either an expressed bewilderment or admission of obliviousness about the possibility that a given technology would be put to destructive or nefarious purposes. Naturally, I tweeted about it, like one does. The failure to seriously consider how new technologies might be weaponized reveals a stunning degree of either naivete, hubris, or recklessness. That's the tweet. I subsequently clarified that I was not subtweeting anyone in particular, just everything in general. Of course, naivete, hubris, and recklessness don't quite cover all the possibilities, nor are they mutually exclusive. In response, someone noted that, quote, people find it hard to think like an asshole, in Kathy O'Neill's memorable phrase, because most aren't. Kathy O'Neill is best known for her 2016 book, Weapons of Math Destruction, How Big Data Increases Inequality and Threatens Democracy. There's something to this, of course, and as I mentioned in my reply, I truly do appreciate the generosity of this sentiment. I suggested that the witness of history is helpful on this score, correcting and informing our own limited perspectives. But I was also reminded of a set of questions that I had put together back in 2016 in a moment of similar frustration. The occasion then was the following observation from Om Malik. I can safely say that we in tech don't understand the emotional aspect of our work, just as we don't understand the moral imperative of what we do. It is not that all players are bad, it is just not part of the thinking process the way, say, minimum viable product or growth hacking are. Malik went on to write that it is time to add an emotional and moral dimension to products, by which he seems to have meant that tech companies should use data responsibly and make their terms of service more transparent. In my response at the time, I took the opportunity to suggest that we needn't add an emotional and moral dimension to tech. It was already there. The only question was as to its nature. As Langdon Winner had famously inquired, do artifacts have politics? And answered in the affirmative, I likewise argued that artifacts have ethics. I then went on to produce a set of 41 questions that I drafted with a view to helping us draw out the moral or ethical implications of our tools. The post proved popular at the time, and I received a few notes from developers and programmers who had found the questions useful enough to print out and post in their workspaces. This was all before the subsequent boom in tech ethics, and frankly, while my concerns obviously overlap to some degree with the most vocal and popular representatives of that movement, 
I've generally come at the matter from a slightly different place and have expressed my own reservations with the shape more recent tech ethics advocacy has taken. Nonetheless, I have defended the need to think about the moral dimensions of technology against the notion that all that matters are the underlying dynamics of political economy. I won't cover that ground again, but I did think it might be worthwhile to repost the questions I drafted then. It's been more than six years since I first posted them, and while some of you reading this or listening have been following along since then, most of you picked up on my work in just the last couple of years. And, recalling where we began, trying to think like a malevolent actor might yield some useful insights, but I'd say that we probably need a better way to prompt our thinking about technology's moral dimensions. Besides, worst-case malevolent uses are not the only kinds of morally significant aspects of our technology worth our consideration, as I hope some of these questions will make clear. This is not, of course, an exhaustive set of questions, nor do I claim any unique profundity for them. I do hope, however, that they are useful wherever we happen to find ourselves in relation to technological artifacts and systems. At one point, I had considered doing something a bit more with these, possibly expanding on each briefly to explain the underlying logic and providing some concrete illustrative examples or cases. Who knows? Maybe that would be a good occasional series for this newsletter. Feel free to let me know what you think about that. Anyway, without further ado, here they are. Number one, what sort of person will the use of this technology make of me? Number two, what habits will the use of this technology instill? Number three, how will the use of this technology affect my experience of time? Number four, how will the use of this technology affect my experience of place? Number five, how will the use of this technology affect how I relate to other people? Six, how will the use of this technology affect how I relate to the world around me? Seven, what practices will the use of this technology cultivate? Eight, what practices will the use of this technology displace? Nine, what will the use of this technology encourage me to notice? 10, what will the use of this technology encourage me to ignore? What was required, number 11, of other human beings so that I might be able to use this technology? 12, what was required of other creatures so that I might be able to use this technology? 13, what was required of the earth so that I might be able to use this technology? Number 14, does the use of this technology bring me joy? 15. Does the use of this technology arouse anxiety? 16. Does this technology empower me? If so, at whose expense? 17. What feelings does the use of this technology generate in me toward others? 18. Can I imagine living without this technology? Why or why not? Number 19, how does this technology encourage me to allocate my time? 20, could the resources used to acquire and use this technology be better deployed? 
21. Does this technology automate or outsource labor or responsibilities that are morally essential? 22. What desires does the use of this technology generate? 23. What desires does the use of this technology dissipate? 24. What possibilities for action does this technology present? Is it good that these actions are now possible? 25. What possibilities for action does this technology foreclose? Is it good that these actions are no longer possible? Number 26. How does the use of this technology shape my vision of a good life? 27. What limits does the use of this technology impose upon me? 28. What limits does my use of this technology impose upon others? 29. What does my use of this technology require of others who would or must interact with me? 30. What assumptions about the world does the use of this technology tacitly encourage? 31. What knowledge has the use of this technology disclosed to me about myself? 32. What knowledge has the use of this technology disclosed to me about others? Is it good to have this knowledge? 33. What are the potential harms to myself, others, or the world that might result from my use of this technology? 34. Upon what systems, technical or human, does my use of this technology depend? Are these systems just? 35. Does my use of this technology encourage me to view others as a means to an end? 36. Does using this technology require me to think more or less? 37. What would the world be like if everyone used this technology exactly as I use it? 38. What risks will my use of this technology entail for others? Have they consented? 39. Can the consequences of my use of this technology be undone? Can I live with those consequences? 40. Does my use of this technology make it easier to live as if I had no responsibilities toward my neighbor? 41. Can I be held responsible for the actions which this technology empowers? Would I feel better if I couldn't? So there they are. 41 questions to help prime our thinking about the moral and ethical dimensions of our technologies. I hope you found them useful.